0: Blog Talk Radio BDPA i Radio linking business, education and technology. The BDPA IRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation and the BTF Executive Director Wayne Hicks, produced by Michelle F. Ortman, online chat coordinated by Everaldo Gallimore, technical advice by John Melanson, BDPA I Radio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on www.blocktalkradio.com/bdpa.
1: It is Tuesday, January twenty fourth, two thousand and
2: twelve. We have an exciting show for you because we've got three great guests with a BDPA focus, with a technology focus, and with a BDPA national leadership focus. Who's on our show tonight? Well, up first is Mildred Allen, chapter president of BDPA Greater Columbia. Our second guest is the one and only Kai DuPay, speaker and consultant of Kai DuPay Productions. And our third guest is our very own Monique Berry, president of National BDPA. Well, our first guest, let me share with you, if you don't already know, a little bit about Mildred Allen. Mildred has over 20 years of experience in information technology, starting from computer operations, information security, systems integration, and project management. You're saying, wow, that's a mouthful. But well, let me tell you, Mildred brings the BDPA experience to Columbia, South Carolina, where the Information Systems and Technology Department as an IST project manager. Mildred earned her bachelor's degree in business administration in 2012 from Southern Wesleyan University. So you can imagine, Mildred is someone that works, that volunteers, that is an expert in her field, and got a degree. So, you know, Mildred has a long and distinguished career with BDPA, and I'd like to welcome and introduce to you my great friend, Mildred Allen. Mildred, thanks for being on the show tonight. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing well, Fran. Thank you for asking.
2: Oh, well, my pleasure. You know, a question that I'm always asking anyone who is part of the BDPA family is what attracted you to BDPA? How did you get involved? And so I'd love for you, Mildred, to share your story with the audience so they kind of have an idea of the BDPA connection for you.
3: Okay, great. I would love to do that, Fran. BDPA was a um, place for me to go when I relocated from Chicago to South Carolina. Uh, Didn't know anything about South Carolina or uh, other folks in the IT field here. And so I did know what BDPA was. And the wonderful thing about where I was working is that the chapter was founded and was started at the company that I went to. So as soon as I heard about BDPA, I said, well, let me join this organization so that I can find um, my folks in technology who would help me uh, move my career along in South Carolina. And so that's that's one of the, the first things I've done when I got here. So when you talk about what attracted me to BDPA, networking opportunities uh, come first to mind. Um, I think it's a wonderful place to meet folks in your field. It's a wonderful place to network and learn. Um, It's actually uh, a great place to um, try new things. Um, You have the ability to try those things in a welcoming environment. It uh, allows you to give back to your community, whether you're working with the youth or other professionals, young professionals. And so I just think it's a it's a great um, organization to, to do those things, and I encourage anyone and everyone to seek out BDPA in their areas.
2: Well, you know, Mildred, if I didn't know better, that sounds like a testimonial about BDPA. <laughs> and then I look at your background, I I see it. It's authentic. And then when I look at your background, lo and behold, you have held a variety of leadership positions within BDPA. So you are speaking from the heart. Now now share with us, what are some of the leadership positions that you've had in BDPA and and why were those positions that you stepped up to, you know, hold and, and fulfill?
3: Yeah. And, and that, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I did that because I wanted to learn. Um, when I first joined the Greater Columbia Chapter here, um, I'm always a person who thinks if you join something, you need to participate in it. And once I joined, the very first thing they asked me to do was become an officer and to help get the word out. And so I did that, and by me doing that, it allowed me to learn new things and interact with other folks. And so that position... Uh, of membership management here in Greater Columbia led to a conference team position um, because of the networking and the folks that I was working with saw that I did a great job locally and invited me to the conference team. So I have been an um, a executive leader for BDPA for my entire 10, 12 years in the organization, and I think it's, it has molded me and made me into the person I am today. It has afforded me um, uh, numerous opportunities at my current job, who um, respects and can see how um, BDPA has allowed me to grow. So, yes, I have done a lot of things. i learned learned all of those things, and I wouldn't take it away for anything.
2: Wow. And, and what I'm hearing is that BDPA fast-tracked you to leadership, and yes. it fast-tracked yes. you to executive leadership, yes. which are transferable skills in the workplace.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. It motivated me to continue with my education, to not be afraid to sit um, on boards and panels with folks who I can learn from uh senior management um so yeah it it definitely have done all of that for me
2: wow and and when i'm I'm again reviewing your bio, I mean you exemplify what b d p a is about a kind of person that EDPA wants to attract, wants to retain, wants to honor. And in fact, when I look at this, you are a past winner of the Outstanding Member of the Year and the Outstanding <laughs> President. So, you know, I, I am really honored that you're sharing some of your time and expertise with us. Now, in having the leadership roles continuously within BDPA, what are, you know, you you know what our motto is and what our focus mm-hmm. is in terms of advancing the careers of African Americans in the IT industry from the classroom mm-hmm. to the boardroom. And when you think back on that, what's a story that for you just kind of says we not only say it we do it and i know we had many stories but what's one that you <laughs> might might share with us
3: um one that 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 i can share is um working with the youth conference um allowed me to start in the classroom setting and to uh help put together a program that allows uh youth who have no idea about technology come together and find out about it and um, it helps them to decide on that career path. And <clears throat> so that's the classroom part. And then as I grow, and at that time my kids were a high school students, so we get in, we get involved uh, based on the level of our career and where we're at in our lives. So my first, my first reaction was I want my kids to participate in the classroom part. And as that grew, I was able to help young professionals from the college level and then the professionals I work with at work, because when they saw me get um, uh, rewards for just getting my time uh, for the students and seeing how my management reacted differently to me, then they wanted to get involved. So you get into that, that middle professional um, level, if you will. You can share with them and say, hey, I volunteer my time. That's true. But during that, you learn so much that you can take those skill sets back to your real job and it will benefit you. And so at the same time, I'm in the middle level, and by me being a BDPA officer, I get to see the senior level. So I've seen every aspect of our classroom to the boardroom in action, Um, sitting at the board with the other chapter presidents have allowed me to um, manage um, at that level as well. So I do think BDPA is definitely doing what it said it what it says it does. Um all you need to do is take the time out to try it, to participate
1: and to um just participate, just do it. Hello?
4: Mildred?
2: Yes. So, I'm here. Right. So, what are you? You've shared a lot of great information in terms of um, how members get value. And what's, is there in your mind an unusual way that members can get value from their DDPA membership? An unusual way.
3: Well, I guess mm-hmm. I, won't, I don't consider it unusual, but I think being able to participate and treat it as something that you have to go after, not sit back and wait for the value to come to you. I think we, um, we join things, we become members, and some folks expect an immediate return without any action. So I think we have to put forth the action first in order to receive something, and we have to allow um allow the time for it to grow and understand that depending on where I'm at in my career, my benefit will be different than a di- another person's benefit. And so the students, the college students and the young professionals may get one thing out of it, but then the adult professional and the seasoned professional will get something else. And so if you a uh, say for example you're a mainframe um uh, IT professional and you uh, aren't really interested in um, netbooks or e-books because that's kind of what you don't you don't do. You're old past that era and you don't want anything to do with that in your mind. Well, it then becomes something that you can offer to your children, your grandchildren, your friends, just to be aware of that of that technology, because as soon as folks hear that you're in technology, they want to ask you those questions. So don't think of it as being something that you don't do on a daily basis, but think of it as being a person who could bridge the gap between young professionals, um, their grandchildren, their children, and then even the senior professionals. So I would say that's the unusual way to take the benefits of BDPA somewhere somewhere different that may not directly relate to you but in the long run it will benefit you because i think it's a wonderful thing to be able to explain to a senior uh, maybe at church or in the food line what um the iphone is doing or what uh, the e-readers are all about or can you really download that book you know can i really read my bible on the phone you know things like that i think we need to to um use and know that we're the folks out there that's getting the information out to our community. So sometimes it's not as selfish, but it is giving.
2: Mm, Wonderful example. (laughs) I hope that's kind of
3: unusual, but that's kind
2: of what I look at it. Right. That's a great example. Um, So Mildred, we're, we're at the beginning of the year, and you're leading your chapter. What coming up for your chapter that you just like to kind of you know, brag about. What's on the calendar that you're really excited about? And I know we only have a few minutes, you could go for a full, full hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> well what, what, what I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, go
1: ahead.
3: I'm excited to be back um in Leadership for Greater Columbia. Uh coming up this weekend we have a um a Black Family Technology Awareness um corner, if you will, function that we're partnering with another organization. So I'm excited that we were able to partner with a uh, non-for-profit that is doing something for black history, taking the burden off of just my chapter and being able to do things together. So one of our goals uh, for this year is to, is to interact with other uh, organizations and not just try to do it alone. Uh, we have Best Buy uh, coming in to um, talk about some new technologies along with uh the other uh, Auntie Karen's Foundation who's going to be talking about um the arts, black black technology and art. So I'm excited about that. Uh we will we have twenty students enrolled in our training program who started last Saturday. Um and we we have a gaming competition coming up along with a regional competition. So we're excited. We're going to try to do something for everybody. Um the last thing I would mention is we're partnering with ITology um um it's ITology consortium here in Columbia that's bringing a lot of the other um, companies together in one uh, facility or one um, basic need, and we're partnering with them so we're able to take our training class there and our students can be using the the top-notch technology without us having to find another facility. So we're doing some wonderful things here in Greater Columbia, and I'm excited about them.
2: Oh, I can hear that excitement. And that whole concept <laughs> of strategic partnerships.
1: Yeah You know yes.
2: the the whole is more than the part. And yes, exactly. uh the gaming, the black technology in the arts. Now that's um mm-hmm. that's not you know, a workshop topic that I've heard that often. Are you gonna record that or uh, uh, we'll be, uh,
3: we're gonna be at the Columbia Museum of Art and uh we, we probably can do that. We'll try to youtube it so that everybody can see
2: what we did, so
1: Bringing Whoa. technology
2: to the arts. Great. Yeah. great. Great. Because that may be a, a topic that other chapters want to pursue and it and it's certainly a way of involving a member members of our greater community, artists mm-hmm. and, and and making that connection, uh, sure. culture and technology. Wow. Well that's that's really exciting. Um, I am seeing Michelle giving me the signal here that (laughs) uh, we need to go to commercial break. And, Mildred, I want to thank you again for joining us. Before we wrap up, what's one final thought that you'd like to leave with our
1: audience?
3: Um, I'll just read, I would like to leave that. It works when you work it. BDPA works very, very well when you work it. Don't just sit back and wait. Go out there represent BDPA, get your benefit,
2: and be successful. Mm. Works when you work it. Okay, for from classroom it. to Good boardroom.
1: <laughs> thank
2: just you just again, helpful. Mildred. Have a You're great welcome, event coming up, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at the conference.
3: All right, thank you, Fran.
2: Okay, Bye. take care. Bye-bye. So, in a moment we're going to have a brief commercial break and when we come back from the commercial break, Wayne Hicks will be joining us. So, uh, stay tuned and we're going to hear a little bit about the EETF Foundation from our pre-recorded announcement. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services
0: around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter,
2: www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Well, welcome back. Wayne, are you on the line?
5: Yes, I am. How are you doing th- this evening, Fran?
2: I'm doing fine. And yourself?
5: I am excellent. I will uh, let you know I wanted to say thank you very much on behalf of the uh, Board of Directors of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation to you and to Michelle Ortman and to Mr. Gallimore and the other volunteers that have that have made this uh, BDPA I radio show uh, a, a reality over the last seven or eight months. Um, over 70 guests, a number of um, advertisers that have been coming on board recently, just very, very pleased with with the interaction that uh, you and your team have brought to the BDPA experience. Um, that's part of what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. I've been invited as the BETF Executive Director um, on Voice America Internet Radio, um, to talk on a show that's entitled What Matters, that's hosted by a certified life uh, consultant, a certified life coach, coach rather, Barry Beth Lodge. And we we're going to talk about what inspires uh, the folks in BDP to do what we do to try to uh, make a difference as we try to win the future and advance the careers of African Americans from the classroom to the boardroom. And, um, and, and just thinking about what you've done, thinking about what folks like Mildred um, have done in South Carolina and around the country, um, thinking about the, the young people that we've given scholarships to uh, over the uh, past few years and, and the young people that are participating in our, in our student IT education and scholarship, our sites program all over the country. Um, I'm really excited about the, the, the efforts of BDPA all across the country to kind of move to the next level, and it makes it easy for me to try to raise money for BDPA to, to, to expand those programs. So. Um, I just wanted to take the two minutes on, on our on our BETF minute, if you will, on this particular show to say thank you uh, to you and the other volunteers that make this all possible.
2: Oh, thank you, Wayne. And I, I really want to encourage anyone that's listening, if you want to develop some skills, if you want to showcase your talent, if you would like to be involved in BDPA I Radio. Um, there are you know plenty of opportunities, and I know wayne you 've um created a new initiative where the individual interviews now are being posted on YouTube, and volunteers can be part of the video production so that um, Ab- is
5: absolutely yeah, absolutely and I encourage anybody that wants to learn more about that or anything else that we 're doing to make a phone call right now or as soon as you hear this. Uh, this particular show um, to 513 area code 284-4968. Um, you can also reach out to us on our website uh, betf.org. Um, it's really time for all of us to step up. Uh, we heard from Mildred. We we will hear from uh, Monique and from Kai in in a while. It's time for all of us that are listening to this to to step up and to make a difference um, if we really hope to win the future and and turn things around for our community
2: absolutely right well Wayne thank you so much for joining us look forward to having you connect with us on February 14th the Valentine's Day everyone will be able to show some BDPA love to BDPA and BETF and Wayne if people want to show the love on a daily basis what can they do where can they go to help support BDPA and BETF?
5: For financial support, they can obviously reach out by either phone, the number that we've given, or on our website, BETF.org. The reality is, you know, if you're listening to this show, just Google BDPA and then find a way to, to, to make a difference. Um, you, you are some remarkable people. We have some remarkable people in our membership that are, that, are, that are listening. Everybody just needs to figure out their own personal way to make a difference and help uplift our people.
2: Well, Wayne, thank you so much. Have a great evening, and I am going to continue with our next guest, Kai. So, Wayne, have a great evening, and Kai, welcome to BDPA Radio. How are you tonight?
6: I'm great, Fran. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Now, Kai, I want to do a brief introduction to our audience and um, because I, I'm really excited that you're on the show tonight. And so I'm going to do the formal part and then we'll, we'll kind of get into the informal part. You're a technical trainer and a software development consultant. And you've been doing those things for over 25 years. And you're also an educational technology doctoral student at Pepperdine University. And what I found fascinating is that you're researching the lack of African-American males in the information technology field. And I want to stop there just for a moment and have you share with us what motivated you to get your doctorate and why that topic.
6: Well, what motivated me to get my doctorate was, quite frankly, I became sick and tired of the messages about African-Americans in general and African-American males in particular regarding education. It doesn't matter what measure or what metric is being used, whether it be SAT scores or standardized tests or grades or graduation rates or reading levels, whatever the measurement is regarding African-Americans in education, we most of the time are listed at the bottom. And at the time, I was involved in software development, it wasn't fulfilling me as much as I would have liked for it to have fulfilled me. And so I looked for a way to contribute to this issue of, of bettering our education, helping African Americans become better educated. I, I thought I would go out and get a doctorate and learn about education and learn about pedagogy and learn about curriculum and see if I could figure out why this isn't working in large number in large part for African Americans. And while I was in the program, the program is also an, an ed tech program, and I was steered into that direction because of my technical background, I stumbled upon this uh, notion of we're also underrepresented in IT. Although I knew that from a uh, standpoint of my experiences in in, in the field, I've been a software developer for 25 years, I've never once worked with another software developer who was African-American male. not once. And when I I start to think about that, that was the impetus for me to put the degree together with a research topic that has meaning for me and allows me to solve both problems at one time because I feel that education and technology are merging. They're becoming one instead of a separate issue. But in my career over 25 years, you know, I've I've never met another African-American software developer that was a male and very few women. And when I would say this to my friends and colleagues, they, they would respond with, well, you know, maybe you've only worked in certain industries, or maybe you've only worked for certain companies or a certain part of the country. But during that time span, I've worked all over this country. You know, I've worked as a consultant. I've worked as an employee. I've worked outside the country. I've worked full-time. I've worked part-time. I've worked as, in, as an entrepreneur. In every stop and every, every aspect of it, when I walked into the IT department and they said, this is what the developers said, or this is what the software engineers said, there were no black people. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity while I'm getting my doctorate to study something that I have passion for. And my passion is education and technology around African Americans.
1: Hmm, wow.
2: And I, I love the way that you're pulling together your personal experience, a problem that you're observing, a passion that you have, and you're taking action and doing something about it. And it was, you know, after hearing you, and certainly when I was reading your bio, it's no surprise to me that your blog is entitled "Where Are the Blacks in Technology." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, that's clear. So, based on your research, where where are the blacks in technology? Are we are we kind of moving the dial any any closer to increasing the number?
6: Unfortunately, friend. I don't think so, which is why mm-hmm. I've connected with folks like BDPA and NSBE and some of the other groups that have that have sprang up in the last, say, five years. Um, there's a lot of good work being done. There's no question about that. But in terms of the needle moving, uh, I would have to say no, which is why I stay affiliated with BDPA. I continue to work because I think that this is, you know, I've heard certain organizations refer to education as a civil rights issue. I take that one step further, and I would and I would add technology to that. I, I see technology as a new literacy. Uh, digital literacy is becoming just as important as reading and writing and arithmetic. That fourth that fourth item needs to be digital di- digital technology and digital literacy. And if we aren't going to embrace those things, uh, it's going to take us a step back. And I remember as I went through my career, as I was as I was coming up through through software development. African Americans' attitudes toward technology was most was mostly around the idea that it's a luxury. You know, I don't want to use this technology. I don't want to use this phone. I don't want to use this computer. I can get by without it. Well, guess what? That's no longer the case. Okay, you cannot function and navigate in society going forward if you aren't going to not only embrace technology, but improve your your find your computing understanding, the the concepts around computing are pervading our lives in every aspect. doesn't matter what career you choose. doesn't matter what path you go down. You're going to have to have a basic understanding of computing and a basic digital literacy. And if you don't have that, you're going to suffer and you're going to be locked out. We're seeing that now. You know, I hear a lot of stories about, you know, manufacturing jobs, leaving this country and going overseas, and African-American unemployment is the highest it's been in 30 years. And part of that, and I'm sure we do need these jobs to stay here, but part of that problem is there are thousands of other jobs in the STEM fields, in the tech fields, and we aren't going after those jobs. We aren't qualified for those jobs, and further. We don't even know that they're careers for the most part. And obviously some of us do, right? People like yourself, myself, Mildred, they know these things. We're in the field. But largely, as I go to schools and speak and churches and different um, orgs in our community, they aren't aware that these are not only careers, but very lucrative careers, careers that give you many options, very flexible careers. And so we have got to um, educate our people in the communities and get them to understand this is not a luxury. It's now a necessity. It's it's now a survival skill.
1: Mm
2: wow powerful words you know just kind of going back to that phrase digital literacy and i saw in your bio that one of the things that you're focusing on is and this is a mouthful um and it and it is is very clear technology integration in urban schools as well as societal digital equity issues um yeah. And so this digital literacy and digital equity and, you know, as you were were sharing the fact that this is about survival, you know, economic survival, educational survival, um, being present, being counted now, and being able to be counted and part of you know the the viable society. You know tomorrow and in the future. So so this is not a well. You know let's talk about it. Maybe it's not that important. This is critical. This you know and and it ties in so relevantly to BDPA's mission of you know from the classroom to the boardroom, working with people really early,
6: um, yes, and ma'am. saying
2: and- Get involved.
6: Yeah. That is exactly what drew me to BDPA. I came into BDPA as an opportunity to speak. Um, I think someone had heard me speak somewhere, and I got connected with um, the leadership in Dallas. At the time I was living in Austin, they, were, they put a call off for speakers, which is where I try to make my difference, is going out, talking to the young folks, not just the young folks, also adults in our communities, to help them use technology in their businesses, uh, to get our young folks involved with technology early, as you mentioned, exposure. And that's how I got involved with BDPA. And I still support BDPA and love what they're doing because I think that they're the best organization out there to help us meet this challenge. The reason why I stay involved with BDPA is twofold. One, I still a lot of folks I come in contact with, unbelievably to me, have never heard of BDPA. I, I can't fathom that. And two, this problem persists with the underrepresentation of African Americans in IT. The two most underrepresented groups in IT are African American males and Hispanic women. Those are the two most underrepresented groups in information technology or in STEM. And what we have to do in terms of digital equity, a lot of times I'll mention digital equity, digital divide, and the response is well, we already have all that stuff in our school. We, we already have computers in our school. We already have this in our school. And there are two things about that that annoy me. One, just because you have a computer in your school it doesn't mean there's equity. Okay, Just because both schools, let's say a suburban school has 100 PCs and they're top of the line, and then the urban school has 100 PCs and they're top of the line. But the experiences, the opportunities, how they're being taught, the curriculum, everything about what's going on in a suburban school is, is teaching those children how to use the, the computer as a problem-solving tool, as a research tool, as a tool to start your own business. What we're being taught how to use Word, how to use PowerPoint, and, and these lower-level skills. They don't see the computer as a tool of liberation, as a tool of economic prosperity. That's not being taught. And so that's what I mean by equity. And most times folks ask me to come in and speak about something in terms of training. They'll say, come and teach this skill. Come and teach this, how to use YouTube, how to use social media. And I, And I won't do that. What I come to do is to change the mindset of our youth change the mindset around technology. And trust me, when I go into some of these urban schools, they have never heard of some of the stuff we're talking about. They've never heard of some of the technologies. I come in and I I try to change their mindset. Why should you care about this? What is it that you love? What is your passion? Let's connect that to technology, get you motivated around this idea, and you can go forth. And then at that point, you're going to find the training you need. You're going to find the reading you need. You'll continue to learn because that will continue to drive and fuel your passion.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: Uh you know Kai, I'm going to ask you to repeat that again. Just certain pieces because it's so powerful. And I, I'm going to have you uh, I don't that have
6: thing. it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I I
2: realize that. I realize that. Um but I I want to go back to that point where you said When people ask you to come in and talk about, you know, can you teach that skill, you say say no. And what is it that you provide as an alternative? Connect us back to that mindset.
6: The reason that I say no is because for the most part, and, and there is a component of teaching a skill that's important, but for the most part that's not why we aren't, going from the classroom to the boardroom, or that's not why we aren't getting degrees in computer science or getting involved in IT careers. Largely, that's due to our experiences prior to college and prior to high school, and before before our young people get to points of decision making or decision points, they've already been discouraged. They've already been uh, conditioned to think of a computer as a negative. Outside of video games and that kind of thing, They they don't... They've already, been, already made determination for themselves that this is not something they want to pursue outside of entertainment purposes. And what I try to do is come in and change that mindset early, change that condition and early because trust me that is going on whether it's malicious whether it's intentional or whether it's accidental the messages are being sent to our young people the same way they were sent 30 years ago with women and math right women can't do math right i'm sure you've heard that women can't do math boys you know don't do this girls can't do that that conditioning is happening in our school systems and i'm not condemning school systems. Like I said, it's not all malicious, but that absolutely goes on, and there's numerous studies that show that. And so that has to be undone. There has to be a reprogramming that takes place and, and encouraging and a scaffolding and an upliftment that takes place with our youth, and we get them excited and show them what the possibilities are. And I've done that a number of times, and it never fails. Now, one thing I I won't do because I've been in this career for so long, I don't try to push them into technology if they don't have a passion for it because that's key to any success in any career is having passion. But what I do tell them is it really doesn't matter what vocation you choose. You're going to have to deal with a computer. So how, no matter how skilled you are as an artist, how skilled you are as a writer, no matter what your occupation, a radio talk show host, no matter what it is, if you have an understanding, a conceptual understanding of technology and computing, you're going to be better at what you're doing because technologies are, are, are pervasive and ubiquitous.
1: Mm,
2: that is really helpful. Uh, part of part of why I ask you to sort of repeat and expand on that is I think that that's a message, or let me put it this way: some of our listeners may want to use part of that as they go out and speak with young folks and as they go out and motivate their membership um, and as they attract volunteers.
1: Uh-huh. So
2: this you know whole connection between possibilities and passion and the mindset of how you can do something and technology and understanding it can help you do it better and can help you, you know, contribute more. So um that that was interesting to hear. And and I I have to say I'm not sure I've heard it quite that way before. Um so I so I, I appreciate, you know, your your it's kind of like a satellite. You've turned my dish, you know, a few degrees uh, to the right here or the left here. So um, I, I I appreciate that. Sure. Share me share with me um, one example because I know we're we're getting ready to close out. One example of how someone who was part of your presentation, whether it was a young person or someone a little more seasoned, what's something that someone said to you after you spoke? that allowed you to know, you know what, this made a difference to them. There was that mindset shift that you were trying to achieve.
6: Well, sure. Uh, Last year, I live in Houston. I spoke at a conference in Houston. And a young lady, well, not not too young, uh, she was a mom, and she mentioned that her son had just been released from prison and he was having a difficult time finding work because they were holding his record against him. And so she didn't know what he could do. If no one's going to give him a job and no one's going to give him a chance, how is he supposed to get work? And I shared with her stop looking for a job. Okay? You, you don't need someone at this stage of the game to provide you with anything. Get him a computer, get him an internet connection, and he can get the training that he needs to start his own company or at the very least, start a sort of neighborhood consulting uh, practice. And she couldn't believe I was saying that. And and then I went into telling her about how simple some of this stuff is to do, for example, WordPress, okay? People use the term programming very loosely these days. When you put up a WordPress site, you aren't programming. And it's fine to do that, but, you know, I'm a purist, so I kind of split the hairs there. But I showed a quick example of how fast I could put up a content management system using WordPress and how quickly I could build a website. And I asked her, do you know of any people in your community, in your church, who have small businesses, a barbershop, what have you, who may want a website, don't know how to get started, don't have very much money, but will be willing to pay for this service? And she said, yeah, sure. And so I told her, well, then your son can learn this skill. It's not very difficult to do. And now he's on his way in terms of making his own money. That's why I call it a tool of liberation. I'm sure she wasn't exaggerating regarding him having difficulty finding work, people holding his conviction against him. Okay, so I've been in touch with this woman several times since then. I sent him to uh, Eric Hamilton's uh, Web Academy online. He learned WordPress programming, and he is, in fact, making money. He's not making a living. He still needs to, to supplement his income with, with, with uh, part-time work, but it proved to him and it showed him that he's in charge. He's in control, and he can manifest his own destiny. And those two are free. Wow, wow.
2: Technology, a tool of liberation. Hi, you are powerful. You are passionate. And you have a purpose. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening uh, to share with us. I would love to have you back on the show in the future. I look forward to seeing you at our national conference. And although it's coming up in August, It really isn't that far away. And I'm I'm hoping that um, you will share uh, some of your knowledge and and make connections with the BDPA family then. So have a great evening and thanks again for being on the show tonight.
6: Thank you, Fran. I enjoy it.
2: Thank you. Well, up next is our very own Monique Berry. Monique, welcome. How are you this evening? Good evening, Fran. I'm happy to be here. I am so glad. And I want to thank you again. As National BDPA President, you are here. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year. You were on our show last year. Um, Welcome. Thank you. And, you know, tonight is the President's State of the Union, Monique. What is the State of the Union tonight or BDPA? <laughs> Just going to turn it over to you. Madam President.
4: Okay. <laughs> the State of the Union. Um actually our president is on right now doing the State of the Union address, so I hope everybody I is um uh TVO-ing it so they can watch it a little bit later. Um first of all I want to thank um Mildred and Kai for coming on and giving us such great information. Um it's great to hear members of BDPA um so passionate about technology, about the organization and about our youth and the state of our youth as it um relates to technology and education. So I really enjoyed listening to them today. Um I also want to I have to send a shout out To our members in um, the Greater Birmingham chapter, Um, I was told right before I got on the call that they had a tornado down there today. So we've got our regional vice president and our regional um, um, director actually calling the members down there just to check on them because evidently about 300 homes were destroyed in Greater Birmingham. So I want to send them some BDPA love tonight. Okay. So, BDPA, I've been president for approximately, I think, 24 days or 25 days. I don't remember. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, In 2012, we're planning some new things. We're going to try some new things. Um, We're actually trying to move the organization into a more positive direction, impact more members, and get more member involvement. So uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about for BDPA um, is in our industry, we seem to have quite a few members and professionals that can't advance their careers for whatever reason. Their careers aren't moving as fast or in the direction that they think they should be going. So beginning um, this uh, February, I'm sorry, I was going to say this month, but beginning in February, we're going to offer monthly career-focused webinars. Um, the The series is going to be called Career Triage. And it's going to be led by Janice Coleman. Uh, She is a BDPA member and a professional career coach. So each month she'll focus on a different topic for our members. And this is a free member benefit. Um, When she does this um, live and in person, it's quite expensive. So as a BDPA member, um, you can register for the course and um, take it live, and she's going to talk about um, topics such as um, creating your brand and, um, you know, uh, resume writing and um, interview questions, all those things that we think we know or that we think we have um, uh, perfected but in reality we've been out of work for some period of time and we can't move to that next step or we've been in the same position for a number of years and we can't move over or advance to that next um, promotion. And she's going to talk to our members and help us um, align ourselves so that we can get there. Because if you've written your resume ten years ago, five years ago, or even six months ago, it probably needs to be updated. And she's going to make sure you have the relevant information and the things that will help you make that connection. So I'm really excited about that. And, again, that's free to all of our members as a member benefit. Um, The next thing that I'm excited about is our um, Social Connect out of the bdpa.org website. So members that um, log into the BDPA.org website will be able to connect their BDPA accounts and link them to their Facebook account and their LinkedIn accounts and their Twitter accounts so that that information can cross all three domains and show up on the BDPA website so that your connections can see your little social network status, and that type of thing. So it's another way to get the word out about BDPA and also a way for you to update your information all in one place. And, again, wow. that's, a free, that's, that's a free benefit powerful. for our members. <laughs> it, it is very, very powerful. Um, it will allow uh, members to actually integrate with over 30 social networks. Wow. So That's terrific, have. and
2: I I love the piece that it's helping to get the word out about BDPA because, as Kai said, there there are folks that don't know that BDPA exists. That's I crazy. know, isn't that isn't exactly. that amazing? <laughs> it's amazing, it's amazing, and um, I did want to say I know Janice, she is phenomenal, and folks. Make sure you are on those webinars. She is a powerhouse. She's got a lot of experience coaching people around career topics. She's a great speaker, and she's going to help you make a difference. So, Monique, that was, I love the title, Career Triage. Um, That was a coup. So members are definitely getting a fantastic value for free.
4: She says that if your career is in the emergency room,
1: <laughs>
4: then she has the, the right thing for you. Um, you're right. She's a phenomenal speaker. She's a great coach. Um, she is has the utmost professionalism. I can't talk enough about um, Janice. She is a, a wonderful, wonderful person and a great coach.
2: She is so. She's a great, great I, role model. So that's great. Is, Our members are in for a treat.
4: Exactly. So this is the first time that we we're trying this. So it'll be every month, um, and again, free for members. So this is the first time we're trying this, and we want to see how it goes. And then if it goes well, and we get enough participation, then we'll see what we can add on, um, and Perfect. just keep adding on that way. Great. Um, well, innovation
2: is important. So I'm glad that um you know we're using the technology to help our members and make sure that location is not a barrier
4: exactly and that you know brings up another point um i was talking to our new vice president of membership management Chad White and um i've coined the phrase orphan members <laughs> so we mm-hmm. have members and places, towns that don't have chapters. Maybe the closest chapter is 200 miles away or 150 miles away. And I know it's great to say, well, you should start a chapter wherever you are, but sometimes people don't have the time or the with or well to do that. And so I've asked um, Chad and his membership management team to think about how we can service these orphan members. So the monthly um, career focus webinar the career triage that'll help a little bit but these members don't get a monthly newsletter from a chapter president and they can't go to a monthly chapter program meeting that type of thing so we are actively working on what can we offer and how can we reach out and engage these orphan members so that they really feel like they're part of the national organization and that they really get a benefit from their their membership. If, if they don't hear from us, we're probably not hearing from them either. And they may have something that they can contribute towards the organization or towards another member or towards another chapter. They may have some gift that we don't know about because they're out there orphaned by themselves. So we want to try to bring them, you know, under the umbrella and engage them in a... Um, I want to say, a frequent manner um, so that they know that we're here, that we support them in any way that we can um, with their careers and their education, and they can do the same for BDP So that's another thing we're planning.
1: Go ahead. Wow. And, and
2: I want to pick up on that. Um, I regularly get emails from Wayne. And one of the things I think I saw a few days ago, is he was highlighting the fact that there are two chapters making active use of webinars, Atlanta and New Jersey, and he was kind of putting a shout-out to see if anyone else was doing that. So when you mentioned Janice's webinar um, around the career triage, um, one of the ways that the members who aren't officially connected to a chapter could get involved is if more of the chapters were doing webinars which were available for replay on demand, that would be a way of sharing information. And you just identified that those members may have expertise that we could benefit from. So
0: I would, I would almost
2: put out there that, you know, people using, Kai mentioned WordPress, people using technology to capture their knowledge and share it might be one way. Um, and and I'd, I'd put the challenge out there for people to think about how what that might look like.
4: I agree with you. Um, as a BDPA member, each member has 10 web pages, 10 personal web pages, where they can put whatever they want about their person or their business, on a BDPA website and send it outside of the website, and they can also have a personal blog and a personal forum that they could use, as well as the chapters. So there's, all, there are all Whoa. kinds of tools within BDPA that members could use to promote themselves, to promote their knowledge, and to promote their businesses.
2: Oh, Monique, you need
4: to repeat that. Where, where, where do people get these? <laughs> When, if, if they log, log on to
2: the same, my membership dues, and I didn't know that. So, tell me more about that, because as an entrepreneur, an extra place to promote my business, I need it's, to be on that. So I'm going to have you repeat that, please.
4: Okay, well, each each BDPA member has 10 personal web pages that they can use. So when they log on to the website, if they go over to their profile and i believe the link is in the upper right hand corner of the website in their profile they can actually see um where they can manage that and they can create their own blog their own forum and their own web pages and as as they connect to other members in BDPA um those members can see um that information so if you were um like Fran McNeil and doing offering uh personal coaching or something like that, you could promote it that way through the website. And if members were looking for a coach and they searched the database, it would bring back your pages. So there are a lot there are quite a few tools in the in the um membership database. Um members just need to go into their profile to see what those tools are.
2: Okay. Okay. Well I know you had a list and so what else i mean we you talked about the webinars the social connect um ways for members that aren't part of a chapter to stay engaged and get benefits what else is coming up for 2012 okay let's see
4: um well something new um and i hope i hope Wayne's still on the call listening i've been a member for quite a while and um, Wayne has been a great mentor, whether he meant to be a mentor or not. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> take note of, of the things that he does and um, the things that he says. And he is one of the best evangelists that BDPA has. So mm-hmm. um, in um, following in Wayne's footsteps, I'm actually um, delivering a, a president's message every month. So I'll be sending out a letter from the president that all of our members will get. Um, But this message, the first one went out directly from me, but going forward it will be incorporated in the BDPA Today newsletter. And um, the reason that we're putting it into BDPA Today is because we're making BDPA Today the official newsletter of the organization. Mm -hmm. So because um, the Washington, D.C. chapter and uh, Perry Carter, they do such a great job um publishing that newsletter that it just doesn't make sense to do another one. You may as well just, you know, mm-hmm. um leverage what you have. So and then that'll also um address the fact that some members say that they get too many emails. So mm-hmm. this way my email will be just right inside of B D P A today, leveraging that tool. Excellent. And mm-hmm. um We're also, um, I have um, the members of my NEC, my Vice President of Membership Management, Vice President of Membership Services, Vice President of uh, Strategy and Planning. They're each planning quarterly calls with their respective VPs in the chapters um, to talk to them about any challenges or opportunities um, that the chapter might have. Um, Basically doing a little um, one-on-one on many coaching or mentoring with the VPs at the local level so that we're all on the same page and that we're all you know, following the same vision and the same mission and trying to um, achieve the same goals. So hopefully the chapter goals will roll up into the national goals. And that will be uh, quarterly. So if you're a chapter officer and you haven't heard from these guys, you need to let me know. And we'll make sure that you're in the loop. And then I have my regional vice presidents and my regional directors. They are going to be doing monthly calls with the chapter leadership. And during those calls, um, you'll get to talk to your regional representative, the vice president, and the director. And they'll be having special guests from the national office as well. Um, So that will be a new treat for everyone um, just to be getting used to our new regional leadership and that new regional structure. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm. And um, when we talk about regions, I'm actually depending on that regional leadership to help um, the chapters develop the relationships with um, potential sponsors, current sponsors, um, the community, And that type of thing, they can help coach, they can help lead those discussions, guide those discussions, and keep those sponsors engaged. Because currently um, the sponsors participate in a national conference, and that happens once a year. So they may get a call or a letter once a year from national because we have our conference once a year. But from a national perspective, this chapter is in your backyard Um, or a group of chapters may be in your backyard, and you would definitely have a much more um, large impact on the local community engaging with the local chapters. And if that looks like a regional conference for four or five chapters, or if it looks like a regional career fair or a regional IT showcase or a regional HSCC um, competition, but it it would definitely allow the, the um, corporations or the corporate sponsors or even the small businesses that sponsor BDPA chapters to see exactly the benefit of their sponsorship in that local community. And it will also provide an opportunity for the chapters and the leadership in that community or in that region to communicate and learn from each other. So that's also planned at a regional level. And let's see, the last thing that I'm going to be planning, um, which is coming up fairly soon, is our first quarter board meeting is going to be um, the weekend of March 16th, and um, we've changed the structure of the board meeting as well. So on Friday the 16th, we're actually going to have a reception um, we haven't we don't have an official name for it yet. I'm thinking something like a welcome reception. Um, to welcome ourselves to the city of Baltimore. So it's going to be in Baltimore. Um that is also the city where our national conference will be in August. And this reception um we're inviting um CIOs, executives, small businesses, local officials, diversity leaders, And school administrators to this reception. It's going to be hosted or co-hosted by um, Rico Singleton. He's a BDPA member and ITSMF member, and he's also the CIO of the City of Baltimore. And the purpose of this reception is to let the local community of Baltimore know that BDPA is coming. We are coming in August. And we are coming big and we are coming strong and we want every bit of your support When before we get there to make sure that this is the biggest and best African-American IT conference and career fair that Baltimore has ever seen. That That's our goal. That sounds great. That sounds great. So is
2: if- is within two hours driving distance, like Philadelphia, can they attend the reception? Is there a fee for the reception? Um, how, how does all of that work?
4: BDPA members are welcome to come to the reception. If they want to, if they want to get in their car or plane and drive, take a boat. BDPA members are um, welcome. (laughs) They will have to register, so registration will be open soon on the national website, um, but they're more than welcome to come. Um, And while it's a social event, a networking event, the purpose of the event is to evangelize BDPA. So if you are a member and you are coming be have your BDPA hat on and come and ready to talk ready to talk about BDPA and what it means to you and be ready to give your testimony. If you can't Absolutely. be ready to give your testimony, then I would ask that you just sit in the back and keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Monique,
2: it is clear that you have a strategy that is about communication that is about connecting, and that is about helping to make sure BDPA fulfills its mission of connecting folks from the classroom to the boardroom. I I love how you identified the different ways, you know, on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, at the different levels, that people can understand what's happening, how they can contribute, what their responsibilities are, and really making sure that value is part of what's delivered and there's the opportunity for people to really make a difference. So I I thank you for sharing your vision and really breaking it down so that people understand how you're going to help BDPA be the strongest that it can be. And I'm really excited that we're kind of making that entry splash um, in March in Baltimore so that folks know BDPA is here, BDPA is coming, and BDPA makes a difference. So thanks, Monique.
1: Any final
2: words before we wrap up? Um,
4: My final word before we wrap up is... I encourage all BDPA members to um go on to log onto the website, update their per- their personal um information to be sure that they get BDPA communications. And um if your membership has expired, I would encourage you to renew. And if there is anything, any contribution that you think you could make at a national level, feel free to reach out to me by logging into the website and sending us a contact us form. And we'll get back to you within about 24 to 48 hours. Thank you very much for having me, Fran.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So, folks, we are wrapping up the January 24th show, 2012. We really had a, a vibrant show. Our first guest was Mildred Allen, Chapter President of BDPA Greater Columbia. Our second guest was Kai DuPay, and I I just want to bring back um, one of the sound bites. Technology is a tool of liberation. Um, He talked about really the importance of digital literacy and the opportunities for uh, really the challenge of digital equity. Mildred really inspired us and, and reminded us of, the ways that we can get involved in BDPA and leadership opportunities are right there. Um, All you have to do is step up and so when you give, you get. And Monique laid out for us how we can stay connected to BDPA, the opportunities that exist within the leadership network and she gave us a taste Of what we're going to get in August at the BDPA National Conference by indicating that in March, Baltimore is going to start getting ready for BDPA. So I want to thank all of our guests tonight and thank you, the listeners, for um, supporting BDPA, um, listening to the program. And Wayne, thank you again for allowing us uh, to contribute. In this volunteer fashion. So, folks, I look forward to you joining us the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. Our next program will be February the 14th, Valentine's Day.
1: So, show your love, your BDPA love every day, and have a great evening.
0: BDPA IE Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and People with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio links business, education and technology.